So, <clears throat> not to mention any names, but I saw several people yawning as they came back in. Uh, I tell you, it's, it's a good tired. It's a good tired. You, you, you folks have put in a, a full week of godly work and worship, and you've edified me. I'll tell you, you've really edified me, and I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, this part of the meeting is a little bit sad, but, uh, you know, uh, I love you guys, and I look forward to Lord willing seeing you again sooner rather than later, hopefully. Um, we've had a little bit of a change of topic, even though what we're studying about tonight or this evening will be deal a little bit with legacy. Um, excellent uh, choice of songs, Keegan. You, you hit it on both those song selections. Um, I was asked the question earlier today, uh, can we really make a difference? Can one person really make a difference? So we're going to see what the Word has to say about that in the study uh, this evening. Uh, this cartoon is, <laughs> I guess it's, maybe it's a guy that got a speeding ticket or something, I don't know. But you see the judge there, uh, you know, he says, ignorance of the law is no excuse. And then the guy in front of him, well, I didn't know that either. So, uh, it's kind of, kind of ironic, but one of the people that I desired to study the Word of God with the most was a family member that uh, he would uh, very seldomly sit down and talk about Scripture, but you'd get just a little, little bit into it, and he would say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. And I would always ask him why, and it was the same answer, was if I, know, if I know that that's what God wants me to do, then I'm accountable for it. And, uh, you know, if I don't know it, then I'm not accountable. Now, granted, this, this man was, uh, he had never obeyed the gospel. But uh, I don't know, I, I just don't know how God is going to handle all that. He's the righteous judge, that's his department. It's not our judge, our, our place to judge souls. Uh, but I do know this, that, that we in here are definitely going to be held accountable for the Word of God and what He's commanded us to do. There in James 4 and 17, Therefore to, who, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's what the scripture reads. So Christ, many of his parables start off as the kingdom of God is as. And he's speaking specifically uh, to the church, about the church. There in Matthew chapter 25 and 14, this is a rather long reading, but I've got it all on the PowerPoint. Um, starting there in verse 14, uh, the Lord says, 
For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Now, something that I would notice that I didn't notice for years was that he gave talents according to a person's ability. So, it bears study that what is that talent according to our abilities? Uh, at the very least, it's a degree of trust that he's given each person according to their abilities. <clears throat> there in verse 15, unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the, the same and made them other five talents. Now, I know some of you here are involved in finance, possibly trade, I don't know how deep you are into that, but have you ever known a person that was involved in trading, trading stocks or trading property or whatever it was, that won, that won and came out ahead on every transaction? Because I've never met one. Do you suppose that this man that had these talents, do you suppose he won every trade? But the fact of the matter is, is he had the courage to do that. To get out there and put those talents to work. Now, when we're sharing the gospel, you know as well as I do that we're going to get rejected more often than not. Does that scare us? Does it keep us from spreading the word of God? Do uh, the thought of being called a Bible thumper or a holy roller, does that intimidate us? Brothers and sisters in Christ, those tags, Bible thumper, do-gooder, whatever, uh, they consider to be a derogatory insult to a Christian. Those are badges of honor. <laughs> They're badges of honor. They are not insults to us. To be accused of spreading the word of God? What, what a great thing to be accused of. <clears throat> there in verse 17, And likewise he that had received two, two he also gained the other two. So he had courage to go out there and put his talents to work. But, they, but, but he that had received one went, digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of that servant cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. The Lord was happy 
with these people because they had put the talents to work according to their ability. And they had multiplied what they had been given. There in verse 24, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Now, it appears to me that this man is lying on himself just by that statement. He knew that the Lord gathered where he had not sown and all that, but he went and hid the money. He did exactly uh, the thing that would uh, anger the Lord within that statement. And I was afraid and went and hid that talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou lost therefore to have put my money to exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Uh, scripture equates uh, fear with slothfulness. Over and over in Scripture, it's equated. Being lazy is equated with fear. It goes hand in hand and wickedness. There in verse 28, Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There are people within the church today that are not going to make it to heaven. Christ teaches that over and over. I pray to God that there's not anybody in here that is not going to make it. But Scripture teaches that there are, there are members of the kingdom that will not be led into heaven. Matthew 3 and 10, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Can one person really make a difference? Can they? <clears throat> I know that some of you met this guy's children. Uh, this fellow right here is my great-grandfather. Davy Crockett Dukes. And uh, I spent a lot of time with him. He lived late into his 90s. So I was a grown man when he passed. But I remember as a kid, they used to send me down to his house to keep him company. And he had made the statement that when cigarettes got to be over 99 cents a pack, he was going to quit. So when they hit that mark, he quit cold turkey. And I remember he had a big old bowl on his coffee table of candy corn. And that's what he used to keep him busy. And we would sit there and watch Bonanza and Rawhide and big, the Big Valley and all that. and Just really fond memories of the man. He was so kind to me. Uh, but you know, we called him Pop. Pop was not always Pop. When Pop was a young man, he was a heathen, for real. 
His father was a merchant, a merchant man that came out of Georgia. And he set up a a mercantile out there by Jacksboro, Texas. Well, my pop's father uh, had three families. And nobody, no, no family knew about the other family. He had three wives and a bunch of children. Nobody knew about them except for Pop, as far as I know. And he did not want his young family growing up around that, around that influence. So they packed up a wagon and they headed out. Without any job at the end of the line, they didn't know where they were going or anything. They had a wagon, two horses, two plowshares, a little bit of food, and they took off. It, during that trip, they had made it about 400 miles, and they came to a little place called Loco, Loco, Texas. And it's near Wellington, if you know where that's at. But as he was driving, they came to a one-lane bridge. And a man on the other side pulled over. He hit a nice new car. And he pulled over to the edge and let their wagon come across. And the man looked at Pop and he said, uh, where are you going? And Pop said, well, we don't really know. We're just, we're headed. We're looking for work. And he said, you want work? I got work for you. And he put Pop and, and, and my great-grandmother up in a cotton picker shack which was to them like a mansion because they'd been living in tents for weeks. They set up in that cotton picker shack and that man put Pop to work plowing with, with mules and horses. And do you know what that man did? That man would come out to the field every day about 10, 30, or 11 And he would tell Pop, it's time to let the animals rest for a little while. And they would go over in the shade. And this man, his name was John Davenport. You know what he talked to Pop about? The gospel. The gospel. That's what he talked to him about. The good news. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. That is what... Mr. Davenport shared with my great-grandfather. And he shared the gospel according to the Word of God. He gave it to him. Now, now, now my, my great-grandfather had heard the story of Jesus Christ. He had heard it. But, and he believed it. He believed it. But he didn't know about repenting. He didn't know about that. He didn't know about confessing the name of Christ. And he certainly didn't know about being buried in baptism and coming in contact with the blood. He didn't know about none of that. What he knew about 
was a prayer. A welcoming God into my heart. A man-made thing. That's what he knew about. <clears throat> so Pop set up. He set up at night by candlelight, kerosene lamp. And you know what he did? It's probably not going to be a surprise to you if you know Sean Zebach because he's kind of the same way. I'm kind of the same way too. Hard-headed. He stayed up and tried to prove Mr. Davenport wrong. That's what he did. He tried to prove him wrong by Scripture that that was not what you had to do. I'd like to read you a little piece of our family history that's in our family history book. <clears throat> this is written by my great uncle. In the spring, Mr. Davenport would bring his, uh, he would bring his Bible to the field around 1030 and say to Daddy, Dave, don't you think it's about time to give those horses a rest? They then would discuss the church and salvation, and I was privileged to sit in and listen. In the evening, Daddy would read the Bible to try to prove Mr. Davenport wrong. This he could never do. These studies resulting, resulted in my mother and father being baptized on August 13, 1923. As I look back into my life, I see Mr. Davenport as the one man in the flesh to whom I owe the most gratitude. Amen. Amen. I thank God for this grand old man and his influence on my family. At this point in time began our growth in knowledge and grace of the Lord. Our lifestyles changed for the better. No longer were we living just for that day. But we had a purpose and a destiny in life. That's what one man letting the Lord work through him did for that family. Because he was willing to step out there. I am so grateful to that man that I never met. Because that man was willing to share that with my great-grandfather, our whole family, our whole family has been blessed. Many years later, almost a hundred years later, here we stand. Here we stand. Now, We've lost some along the way. That's true. That's true. Some of the family, but I'm going to tell you, tell you what, because of that man sharing the gospel, we were taught values. We were taught godly principles growing up. We still, some of us still messed up, but I'm going to tell you something. I may have never even heard the gospel if it wasn't for that man 100 years ago. I certainly would not have the influence of the people that I've known through my life. 
Sean Zebach would not have been there for me in my time of need when I was in a terrible, terrible place. He would not have been there to ask God to let whatever needed to happen to me happen to me to wake me up. My grandfather would not have been there to put those studies together that I received that also woke me up. One person can make a difference. We can make a difference if we let the Lord work through us. A huge difference. Now I don't know if you're sitting here and you're the first member in your family that's a member of the church. But I'll tell you this, if you are, it's a start of a beautiful thing. If you maintain. Most people here are have inherited a legacy. They have inherited a legacy. I go up to Yelm almost every year, and they hear stories about these congregations down here in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, these places, and I've had I've had several of those men comment to me. It sounds like half of y'all's congregations are related to each other. And that's true, right? It's no secret why that is. It's because grandparents and parents teach the kids about God. It's no secret. We shall all be held accountable for what we do with this word. Not only what we do with it, but what we don't do with it. Matthew 25 and 31. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all the nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hunger and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me. You are cursed. Into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? And did not minister unto thee. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say it unto you, Inasmuch as ye did not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. <clears throat> Are we doing those things? 
Are we doing them? Do we look out for people? Now I know this week, this week I've, I've witnessed y'all doing a bunch of this stuff. Do we do that throughout the year? We're commanded to. And if we don't do it, the Bible tells us that we're going to be separated away. Separated. Separated from God. One person can make a difference. A huge difference. Just think back to the person that shared the gospel with you personally, on a personal level. That person made a huge difference, didn't they? They changed your life forever. Changed your family's life forever because they were willing to let Christ work through them. I do not know if there's a person here this evening that has not obeyed the gospel. But if there is, I would encourage you to take care of that this afternoon. Matthew 28 and 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. If you are here and you need to take care of that, let's do it this afternoon. There's no better time. If you are here and you have believed some man-made nonsense, that gospel that they preached is accursed. It is cursed. Do not be cursed. Do it the way God commanded us to do it. Have peace of mind. Have confidence that you have a purpose in life and a destiny in heaven. Are you here this evening and you've buried that talent in the sand? If you have, the good news is, is you're not dead yet. You're alive. You have an interest in God. You have an interest in heaven or you wouldn't be here. Dig that talent out. Let's put it to work. I think that each and every one of you here have the courage that if your neighbor that physically lives next to you, if their house was on fire and you, they, you knew that they were in there with their kids and they were about to burn up and die, you would do whatever you could to save them. You would run in there, putting your own life at risk to save those people. I'll tell you something, brothers and sisters. Pearland's on fire. It's on fire. The things I have heard this week that go on at the school and different places, it shouldn't surprise me because I hear it all the time, but it makes my gut just boil to hear the stuff that's going on. I'm going to tell you what, Pearland's on fire. It's burning. 
And it's much worse and much more everlasting than a physical fire burning down a physical house. These people, their soul is in danger of hellfire. The question is, is will you let God work through you? Will these people see Christ in you? Will you give them the opportunity to hear the Word of God to obey? Yeah, most of them won't. Some of them may ridicule you, make fun of you for preaching the Word of God and sharing it. Wear it like a badge of honor. Because that one soul that you help save It'll make the, the, the angels rejoice. It will be well worth it. The word always works. It always works. So I would encourage you to take every opportunity to do that with your friends, your family, your loved ones, with strangers. You could save a whole family, generations, just by sharing the word of God. Please get out your songbooks. Do not know everyone's heart here this evening. If there's one here that would like to obey the gospel, we stand ready to assist you. If there's one here who has buried their talent in the sand and you need help digging that up, we can go to the Lord in prayer. We've got plenty of faithful brothers and sisters here that will walk this walk with you hand in hand. If we can help you in any way, please come forward as we stand and sing.